So we are recording and we are live with Nishad for, I believe this will be episode number 20 of the Blazing Card podcast. Wow. Uh, Nishad, thanks for, for joining. My pleasure. My yeah, pleasure. It's been a while since we've talked. I know. I really appreciate it. We've only met a couple times too. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you kind of taking the time and uh, yeah, sure. coming here and spending an hour with me yourself. For sure. How, how have you been? How's, how's the pandemic been treating you? And uh, um, you all go- it could, it could it could be worse. I've I haven't played nearly as much as I did pre-pandemic. I think it's just like remote duels aren't as fun for me personally. Not that there's anything wrong with them, but like it's not you know it's not the same as going to an event and seeing everyone. Um, so I've been like doing a lot more like um, like vending stuff on the side and just trying to I don't know. Uh, like I'm still like trying to trying to stay caught up with like current Yu-Gi-Oh because I'm you know I'm on on duels academy, so I have like students who I coach and stuff like that. But I definitely don't play as much as I did when there were real life tournaments. But hopefully, they'll be back soon. So we'll we'll see. But like, yeah, it could be worse. I'm 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 very fortunate, all things considered. So that's great. Well, I'm glad yeah. you were able to like kind of stay busy and uh, pick up your your side hustle now with cards and everything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I I'm sure everybody kind of knows who you are, but if you don't mind, just uh, giving some of your accomplishments, I guess. For sure. From. Um. So I top i got top 16 at ycs memphis 2018 i think um i got with with metal folk draco i got top 32 at 2019 2018 nationals with um goki uh i got top four at uds vegas in 2019 with thunder dragon and then i got uh top eight at the 3v3 in vegas last year uh with ryan and Bowden, and then uh, about i think like 12 or 13 arg and ppg tops and stuff like that wow uh so how how long have you been playing for because i feel like i must have just missed you then it seems like or maybe you yeah. were around like right at the end mm-hmm. of when I was yeah playing. like i i honestly it's like i mean i bought cards as a kid and everything like you know and um i, I like had like decks when i went to locals and stuff in like 20 i think it's my first actual time i played at locals and knew the rules of the game was 2014 with when legacy valley came out mm. and then um i went to an air airg washington dc in may 2014 with the uh, dragon lawyers that was kind of fun um and then i didn't my first real event uh, my first ycs was ycs atlanta 2016 mm. um and then i didn't start that was i think i'd only been to one event a year up until 20 17 i think i went to nationals and maybe one ycs and then 2018 is the year i actually started being able to travel and stuff like that gotcha. um so yeah yeah okay so you said 2014 was like your first kind of real major event though even though yeah. you're super competitive so i think i, I quit in 2013 so i just missed okay it. yeah yeah, yeah. We, we we like yeah yeah i feel like that's with a lot of the new generation like i just mm-hmm. everybody like everybody seemed to just kind of move in and like 20 yeah exactly yeah, I mean, I mean, you're 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 old too, to be fair, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. How am I so old school and yet like where'd the time go? I don't know. Exactly. Um. So how did you get so good? Like it's you. You're seem like um, just you're now your top player, and like I heard of you immediately when I got back into the game. That's very flattering. Um. Yeah. I think. Uh. So I used to go to back when we had a locals. Me and uh, Ryan Levine, uh, and then two of our other friends, Nikki and Colin Reardon um we played with them a lot maybe in like 
20, 20, up to like 2015, 20, 2016 before Nikki and Colin quit. And then me and Ryan um, uh, have just played together a lot. Um, I started working, I was always, I was pretty good friends with um. Yeah, so I was really good friends with Ryan and then he and Jesse met at the at Worlds. They, and like, you know, during the Worlds race. So then I started um, hanging out with uh, Jesse and Asala and um, Bowden. Uh, and we just all kind of, kind of started testing together maybe in the last like three years, um, two, two or three years. I guess now there hasn't been an event for like over, over a year now. So, but before that. Um, so I think it was a lot of like, you know, play testing with them. Um, just talking with them and you know theoring and i feel like we i feel like we all have like a kind of similar personality where we um like we do a lot more talking rather than actual playing i guess you know like just like um talking on discord for like a couple hours like reasoning over choices rather than um just like you know grinding games and trying to figure out what you know because i feel like i feel like you guys you know way more about um the deck building aspect than the playing aspect like it's you obviously your technical play matters but like with i don't know with certain decks like say with like <clears throat> uh i don't know striker like yeah your technical play is really important but your deck has to like be able to beat the mirror first and foremost for example um or something like that um but i don't know it's also it also it also just becomes like testing with people you enjoy like like i think they're all like my really good friends and now we're part of <clears throat> now i made duels academy together so like it's kind of once you have that kind of energy with a group of people, mm -hmm. then I think it also gets easier to to work with them, you know? Yeah. So did you see like a, a big jump in like your skill level once you start um, playing I think, everything? Um, I guess it was, so definitely when, uh, <clears throat> definitely when I started like talk, talking with Ryan, like like playing like, you know, like the, the best deck and stuff and I, and instead of like, you know, I used to be one of those people at locals who would be like, I would play like my like Destiny or Zombie deck and be like, fine, it's like a tier two deck. But like, if you if you want to like you know do really well, you have to like play meta and you play the best deck. And that took me like until like twenty six, I don't know, 27, 2018 probably to like realize. But I was like, I was like, I should probably just play the best deck because there's no reason handicapping yourself. Um, so I think I think once that was honestly a big thing when yeah in twenty eighteen, then I was finally able to stop just like you know holding myself back by giving yourself giving yourself arbitrary rules you know you know like can't play this deck uh, so on and so forth and then i think pretty much i've i've played like the best deck of every format except for maybe like uh 20 end of end of last year when orcus striker was like the best deck i didn't play that deck because we were still playing thunder and then there's only one event that format though so it's whatever and then should all came along and strip spiral and whatever and Mm -hmm. But then I, I feel like that format also never got a chance to really materialize because of COVID and everything. But that's kind of a tangential thing. Um, but yeah, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a huge shift. I think it was definitely like um, over time you kind of notice doing better and like your your train of thought or your the way I guess the way you kind of think about the game and stuff definitely changes uh, based on who you who you play with and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, so there are a couple things you touched on that I, that I want to get into, but when you said that you were one of those players who like would kind of put rules on yourself, like, Oh, I can't play like the meta cookie cutter deck. I've never understood players like that. I mean, I guess people play the game for fun, but like to yeah. me, winning is the only way to have fun. And, yeah. and this is my competitive edge. Were you mm -hmm. 
were you, were you enjoying the game a lot? Like when you were playing those fun decks and, and whatnot? So, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, when you, when you play at uh, a locals and stuff like that, there, it's not like you can, unless like your locals is like hyper competitive, like you can usually probably do like reasonably well with anything. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't getting like scraped every week, but it definitely was like, if I, if I ever, I think, so the YCFs I played were like, so the first one was um, Pendulum, like right when Breakfast Shadow came out. Um, and, you know, Pepe was the best deck for like that weekend. And I played Mermail because someone told me to play Mermail. And I played, I was like, and I, I, I did very poorly. And I was like, that was not very fun. And then um, I think I tried playing some really bad Fire King Cosmo deck at that, uh, the next YCS. And I you lost to Monarch. And then after that, I played Synchro Fusionist at Nationals. And I kept, I, I don't know, it was just like, at a certain level, it's not fun at those big tournaments. I think it was just I had not been to enough big tournaments to get my spirit crushed enough to be like, oh, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, <laughs> so you so went. I think, I think, you were you thought you were still gonna do well with a weird deck or yeah, like and like I mean sometimes I did like like I I think I top like I mean like three or four ARGs you know with with like random decks and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then and you know like I think. I, I'd never not gotten my invite, which it doesn't, doesn't you know, doesn't mean anything, but like, like I wasn't, you know, getting destroyed at like the smaller level stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then you, yeah, you go, you go to like uh, the big leagues and you're like, Oh, this, this is not very fun. Yeah. This isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're like, huh, uh, I should probably do something else. Yeah. Cause I feel like back in the day, like I could build weird decks all the time and still like, obviously do very well at locals or mm-hmm. like most, mm-hmm. but, but that, but I feel like back then, technical play was a lot more important than. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> Sorry, that's Ryan. He's just working. Uh, usually I'm from home, but I'm like in the store in the middle of the day because I want to do it because before I uh, yeah. left the season. Um, <laughs> but like, I feel like technical play was. Um, a lot more important back then mm-hmm. and now and like from what i've talked about with all the new players it's like everything it more revolves around like uh building your deck before the tournament and like your your deck build is more important and the, just the way you uh, structured and whatnot so um then it made sense to me kind of like you could dominate more or like you could still do well with uh kind of like fun mm-hmm. decks or something because there's yeah. the that tons of interaction tons of players taking each turn where you can like outplay them and grind them but mm-hmm. now, like, I, I feel like that would be problematic. No, because I because I think about that. Like, if I come back to the game, which I want to, like, I still also want to, like, yeah, play those kind of fun decks, too. And um, is there that chance? There, there isn't really, right? Um, yeah, it's like, so, so I think I started, I started, you know, attending larger tournaments at the kind of, like, cusp of, of being able to play, not necessarily to define best I can do well, and then where it shifted over. Like, my first one, I played mythic rulers you know like with um you know blue eyes engines like that, which wasn't like a bad deck by any means mm-hmm. it wasn't like you know it wasn't gear again it wasn't infernity or whatever but it was fine um and i think that was like you know definitely a format where all the decks were like relatively like even and like even people like playing x sabers or whatever stupid deck you want to play like frogs did well that nationals like you know you really i feel like kind of almost play anything and do well like definitely agree um like the the and i think the shift is decks now are like way more powerful than like you know the two like you know if you're going you know dark matter like levying your ripper card out of your hand like double colossus you know hot red dragon archfiend abyss like 
your opponent playing like weather painter is not like their cards aren't going to do anything like even yeah. if they go first like they're not doing anything so like the the disparity i think has just gotten like really really high um yeah. is part of it um so like yeah. even to the point where if someone's playing a better deck than you like say like if they're playing striker or thunder and you're playing i don't know any other random deck even if you're like a far better player than them their cards are generally that much better to the mm. point where you're not it doesn't it doesn't matter how much better you play you know for, for the most part obviously there's like exceptions where you know you can like cheese a win if you have like some like crazy side deck card or whatever mm. but for the most part it's kind of like the cards now are like i feel like the, the, yeah there's just like a, a way bigger gap between tier one and tier two for sure. for lack of a better term how much do you think technical play matters now like if, if you were playing mirror matches same deck every single mm-hmm. round of a ycs do you think that um, you're consistently top still? I think I think I think if you so I think generally if you play better, yes. I think some so so it's weird because a lot of the mirror matches of like the best decks are like pretty bad. Like at least like in, in recent history, like Thunder Dragon mirror match was like really awful. Um, Goki mirror match was awful, and it's all kind of like those like really you know like insane combo decks where you don't play any hand traps or like you don't play many hand traps because like you know you're a combo deck you don't you don't need to mm-hmm. like stop these other decks um and then on the off chance you do play a mirror then like you know it's, it's pretty dice really and but i think the difference is and then when you play like i think if you played goki versus trickstar or like thunder versus striker like it, it was pretty skill intensive on both players behalf mm-hmm. um because they were like i i think so i think striker and thunder is a good example because like they counted each other pretty well you know like um striker was obviously you know like a backer deck that had like a lot of like random interactions and mm-hmm. thunder just made colossus the one first and like you know could had like stuff like lemon so like i think those were like examples of two pretty good balance like um tier one decks where um the thunder mirror was really abysmal but then thunder playing rear strike was like kind of fun honestly and obviously i mean you know striker mirror is like was like very like pretty 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 skill intensive i think um I think so. I think it definitely depends deck to deck because mm-hmm. you know, for example, if you played twelve rounds of a YCS playing striker, you would have to be better than your opponents to do well. I think, um, and I think that's one of the. I think it's similar with Elbitch, uh, where it's like, it's definitely the games go a lot longer. It's not more like comparing opening hands like combo decks are. Um, when I, I think because there's a lot of trap decks right now, it's similar to that. Obviously, it's not like always the case. Like you know, sometimes your opponent will just open up like Dragoon, Summon Limit, and like set three others, and you're like, okay, well, I'm I'm losing anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, or you know, like you know, Fiber VFD combo, whatever. But in certain instances, I think it's okay, and I think people are generally agree the format's pretty bad right now because of stuff like VFD um, and so on and so forth. So I think, but I think maybe once they go away, then it'll go back to being like a more level playing field where you kind of have to think more um is how it seems mm, okay yeah, yeah. Sense. what what do you think uh is going to be on the new ban list speaking of like vfd and, and the um so i feel like virtual world can still be playable with without vfd so i think i mean and and that card is insane so i'm i'm trying to figure out you know like what konami's reasoning would be for for hitting or not hitting. So, so, so i think vfd definitely should and probably will get banned I don't know if Dragon will get hit, like, because, you know, if they want to make the, because the new rank one they're getting in Lightning Overdrive is crazy. So, like, if they make, if they want to make that card a secret rare and make it a chase card, then they don't really want to hit Dragon on that hard. Like, maybe Ben 10 to 2, maybe Ban Vanity's Ruler could be, could be fine. 
I think ban banning Banning's Ruler, um, banning all these like yeah, just like really stupid floodgate cards that these decks end on Banning's Ruler, um, mm -hmm. even Dragoon to an extent, uh, are just like the main problem um, because decks can still end on like you know playable cards. Like if you go Eldritch and you just go like I don't know. You can you, you play like Diamatica Eldritch and you know, just like end with like four or five, like three or four interrupts is like very fine, but Dragoon itself is just not fair. Um, so those are the three things I think should be hit like Ruler, VFD, Dragoon. I don't think Dragoon will be hit, so just probably Ruler and uh, VFD. Further than that, um, maybe like honestly, it's weird because Blazing Vortex didn't change the format almost at all, in my opinion. Like it did very little. Yeah, usually I ask like, how do you think the new set impacted? Like, but like I'm like, I don't think it really did. So it's like, yeah, more... like like the good decks are so many good. Like prosperity, like prosperity is crazy, obviously, but like decks that are good are so many good with prosperity, and like the bad decks are not going to be like elevated to tier one because of prosperity. You know, it's not like that type of card. So I don't think it really did much. I mean, I think Trivagate got like a cool card with the Trivagate kit. That's like the only really cool, interesting thing in there. Every other archetype was pretty abysmal. Um, which is kind of sad. What? Not a fan of the Armed Dragon. Yet. Dude, uh, <laughs> the S Force, the War Rock, like any, any card that says Battle Phase printed on it is just not going to be a, a, a meta contender in 2021, which is, you know, obviously, you know, they, they put stuff in there to appeal to people who just like those decks, which is fine. But yeah. as far as the meta, like it, it, I don't think it'll, I don't think it does anything. Um, I feel like it's kind of similar to Ignition Assault, where there wasn't really anything crazy in there other than like Lightning Storm and Cross Sheep, um, and those were obviously like very good cards that like definitely you know go in almost every like at least like Storm went in almost every deck, but it didn't bring any new contender to the table, which I think is the same thing with Blade Vortex. So it's going to be weird because um, I'm not really sure. Like they'd just be hitting Phantom Rage and Genesis Impact decks at this point, mm -hmm. um, which I, I think are still pretty new, so they don't want to kill them by any means. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Like they they put off hitting. I mean, I think Link Cross was an, was a exception because that card is like crazy, but they didn't hit. They still haven't hit Fiber. Like haven't hit any of the dual overload cards because people still haven't really got a chance to play those in person. Mm. Um, so I think it's like they don't want to make people, you know feel bad that they spent $30 on this card and then it gets banned before they can ever actually use it. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. So I think that's, I think that's also like a, a pretty, a pretty big um, factor yeah. in them doing that for sure. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. So do you, do you think this game is, how much do you think it is for the casual player and how much do you think it is for the competitive player now? Um, I feel like now it's kind of, <clears throat> I guess well when when you say casual, do you mean someone who doesn't really who like who like enjoys their deck and enjoys playing the locals but doesn't really like 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 you know, for example, like play like tier one at like Y for yeah, example? Exactly. Or, exactly. Okay. And like um, those, and like the people that Konami will say that the game is made for. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. I think honestly now now it's it's better for them than it has been in a long time because I mean, I know some stores are definitely having, you know, locals going on like in person. Um whether they should or not, it's like not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. We won't get into that. Um, but like remote, remote tools, I think is definitely built more for casual uh, people because they're having a bunch of like a bunch of locals are having online remote tools. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're they're making. Um, I feel like also 
they're making certain decks like like cheaper like drytron is pretty cheap virtual world is pretty cheap um and even even people who want to play like their random you know whatever deck like it's not going to be awful um like you because you can just throw eldish in anything for example um so i feel like for people who like enjoy playing at a local level it's it's going pretty well like you can still play you can still hang out with your friends and stuff like that i think at a competitive level like extravaganzas are not um at the level i think of competitive play that ycs's were obviously because it's, it's like a you know it's an invitational of 16 people rather than like a 2000 person event um not so that the extravaganzas are bad by any means but it's just like you know it's you can't really compare anything to a big 2000 person tournament for like by any means um so it's kind of it is kind of sad because i know a lot of a lot of the competitive people i know are kind of like demoralized uh from playing because like they just want you know they want to have something that's really worth playing for other than the solo solo is a sicko and i don't know why solo loves playing remote duels everyone else everyone else is like a normal train of thought where they're like you know i want they want more people just want events back which is completely normal so i think right now is definitely a good time to be um a less competitive player yeah um and it's it's weird because i feel like more people are buying cards and playing cards than they were before isn't that strange yeah um so that i think that's definitely something like something that's going on i don't i mean it's cool that like more people are like starting the game it'll be interesting to see what happens when these tournaments come back like if if they'll stick around or whatever but i don't think like again i don't think why they're like a major make or break for the more casual people so mm-hmm. uh, i think it's i think it's i think it's good for them in in short less so for competitive players um are, are there any changes you think they need to make to to like ycs events is there anything um, that you'd like to see i mean probably price support but yeah, yeah. like price support would definitely be good um I, it would be it would be so cool if they could stream every YCS like you know like the three v three that being streamed like was super cool, um, just because so many so many people so many people can't go to these events and, or like to, like you know to uh, international people who can't can't go to these events and then vice versa like I I know tons of people love watching the Euro European European event streams mm-hmm. um, because it's just fun to watch um, so streaming is a big thing obviously yeah obviously price would be cool. Um, what else uh other than that i think like that's that's like mostly it and i know they they i think those two things are like the biggest factor but again it's another thing like nobody really plays for the prize support you know yeah but like but at the same time like it wouldn't hurt if people did yeah exactly and they should be able to like yeah exactly like like magic the gathering or something like if you're going to put in all this time and like mm-hmm. players like you and, and Jesse and like the top players have a large impact on the game and should be rewarded for, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what like there's so many people, yeah, exactly. There's so many people who like will put like countless hours into into play into like, you know, playtests and stuff like that. And like yeah. There's definitely like a reward for doing well, but like it's not um I don't know. It, it does. It does feel a little disproportionate at times. You yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. It's not equal to the effort that you guys put, mm-hmm. and the way you guys positively impact the game too. Mm-hmm. That's that, that. That's that's fair. That's something I, had, I hadn't thought about before. Um, I mean, like, why are are great? I I miss imprisonment. Honestly, like having more of them would just would be so cool. Like mm-hmm. having, um, just 
maybe like uh, more than one a month. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know the logistics of that. I don't know um, if people would go to more than one a month, for example. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, is, is there anything that you feel like you've learned from Yu-Gi-Oh that you apply to your life outside of Yu-Gi-Oh or or vice versa? Um, made you a better player. This is a very this is a very niche example, and this is, and I'll, this is just more of like a, a funny tidbit. I was I took an uh, a, a class called Discrete Map maybe two years ago, um, where it was a lot of probability stuff and a lot of like drawing cards from decks, and I did really well in that in that class just due to you know it was it was like if you have this fifty two card deck, what are the odds you're gonna draw this five for him? Like, well, I you know I've been around this for a while, so that's like a very specific niche example, but yeah, really. Yeah. Um, I think honestly that one of the biggest things is people skills. Um, I used to be pretty closed off and I think now I'm like pretty extroverted, like, you know, um, being able to just kind of interact with way more people, um, and, you know, keep more people in like, you're like, you know, on file in your brain as people, you know, is, is a good thing for sure. Um, and I know that's a, a reason a lot of people miss real events, like the social aspect, but you know, that can be, that can be expanded to COVID period. But, um, other than that, um let me think i think oh i think i think a big thing is it's really hard to get better if you're not accepting your own fault for why you lost like there's definitely going to be times you know where you lose because you got unlucky but for the most part you can combat that either by just you know not getting that scenario in the first place or you know making better deck choices or you know stuff like that like sleeping more like it's almost always a butterfly effect of you something that you could you could have done better or something that you you know knew you could have done better and a lot, i think that's something that um is a really good thing to recognize is that it's almost always your fault and it's like a good thing because since it's your fault you can improve it mm-hmm. um it's not like some some something out of your control in the universe you know like you didn't just get unlucky um and i i think a lot of excuse me good quote people find that very comforting like I definitely find that comforting where I'm like okay well if I don't want to just have that happen again I can just you know address these changes and like think about it in the future and kind of take it in stride um Mm -hmm. rather than being like oh man I got so unlucky or like oh I played bad oh well like you know and being like well that I don't want to change whatever um so that's a big thing I think that can definitely be extrapolated into real life where um if something goes wrong or like if you don't do as well on something as you as you thought you could have like addressing why that is like addressing like the root causes of that for example um and like extrapolating from from that and you know yeah just kind of kind of taking your errors in stride and and learning from them is definitely a big thing yeah and taking time to like kind of reflect Mm -hmm, exactly um do top players like you misplay at big events do you ever catch yourself like and if so like how often you maybe misplay like once an event you think (laughs) compared to Uh so I so so I definitely have there's definitely been times where I've um misplayed and like sometimes there's for the most part most of them have like you know don't don't linger in my head and then then there's some of them where I'm like man that was maybe like the stupidest thing I've ever done and I'll like there like there's certain ones I I will always remember um and so I I would say definitely like misplaying less um because you know if i think it, i think it's like misplaying uh 
transfers a lot from deck to deck. Like, I think if you play, like, you know, 200 hours of Sound Angry for some reason, because you're a sicko, then you play 20 hours of Thunder. Like, it's it's not going to transfer completely, but, like, I think you just, like, understanding what the mechanics are in the game. Like, I think if you're good at one deck, uh, it does it definitely, like, transfers over a little bit. Like, yeah. Um, so, but, and then, like, I mean, like, like good players definitely, like, misfail. Like, like, um, this isn't this is more less so a misplay than just something stupid um so like jesse for example at um a i think yeah it was the last ycs maybe it was some some ycs no sorry it was pasadena 2019 and he was playing for someone and he made them go he said he wanted to go first post side um and then he drew six cards and was like Oh, and then he scooped and while he's like, "Yep, I messed up." And so it's like, so like stupid mistakes definitely still happen because, like, you know, sometimes your brain just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a matter of kind of um having that happen less than you know than than your competitor is, yeah. is definitely like a, a relevant thing. Um, and I think practice definitely is like a, a big a big factor in that. Like, if you you know the more scenarios you encounter in playtesting or whatever, um when you see those scenarios in person you're not going to be like you know tilted by it. you're not gonna be like oh i don't know what to do and i know i said it's definitely like theory is definitely what we talk about more than actual playtesting but like playtesting is definitely still important right like you can you can theory all you want but you need to actually know how to play the deck and like play hand and stuff like that too um but i definitely i'm i'm sometimes misplays don't matter like if you know like if it's small enough sometimes they'll cost you the match um I think it's a matter of mitigating the bigger ones and then catching. And I think it also ties back to what I said, where you can notice an error and then be like, okay, I need to not do that again. And like, you know, being like, cause, Oh, it didn't matter now, but like next time when it does matter, like I just want to make sure it doesn't happen. You know, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, sure. I got lost in that. I was already thinking ahead to like my next <laughs> question based off what you said. And uh <laughs> we forgot but yeah that's i was just kind of curious because i feel like a lot of players or like average players or players looking better put you know top players on like a pedestal and, mm. and actually there's something to be stride for that they're doing right that you know mm. the people who are just average players aren't but i think it's also good to know that you know like top players still make mistakes oh too. for sure for sure like um a lot a lot of times it's like it's not even like you know a really hard choice that you're you're making as like a like a good player like it's a lot of just like a stupid mistake and you'll like it'll be like incredibly obvious like um i, I i'm sure sure all of our friend group has has countless times where like yeah I, I punted because of something completely stupid like it wasn't like you know a huge convoluted scenario it was just like one small action that you just didn't think about yeah. um and it definitely, it, so it definitely still happens. Uh, it's just a matter of kind of mitigating that and, uh, yeah, practicing more to the point where you're like, you don't have to like be worried about it, for example. Yeah. How much would you say you, like, what's the ratio of uh, theory versus actually playtesting? Um, honestly, probably like 70, 30, maybe, maybe a little more. Um, it's because a lot of times, like, so if a deck is like already established as good, um, we'll generally know how to play it a lot of times what we'll do honestly the main thing that we do with playtesting is side decking like um you know say oh i'll have you know five cards sided in i'll go second game two and then we'll just play from there and like you know play out like two turns or whatever and then keep doing that over and over um rather than you know doing a full match because 
there's not really a lot to be um, gained from just playing over and over. Like, you know, like solitaire doesn't really do a whole lot. Like if you can understand the basic combo and they go from there. Um, so I think a lot, so definitely more, more theory because like, again, like I, like we were talking about before, your deck building is definitely more important than your technical play. So I think it makes sense to a lot um, a respective amount of time to each one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That's good to know. Yeah, it's weird because theoring 10% maybe back when I played or something, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. play, 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 play. Yeah. And, and honestly, you can probably see it in the deck list and whatnot because like the mm-hmm. decks just weren't optimal. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Like they, it's like they didn't. I feel like they didn't even. They didn't need to be because if you were just better than your opponent, like the decks weren't you know like crazy different. They like, like you know, your deck. Like you said, like someone's deck being forty-two cards as opposed to forty. Like definitely, it'll it definitely like matters. But like if you're just better than that person, it doesn't really matter nearly as much yeah. as it does. You know, like now that that like five percent chance of drawing cards doesn't matter as much then. And I think it's probably because partly because the game was slower, partly because you know, it just didn't need to, um, you weren't, yeah, you weren't under as much pressure to just not die the next turn, I think, back then also. Yeah, for like, sure. I think the power cool. has a lot to yeah. do. Yeah. Like, cards are sure. so good where it's, like, if even if they're not, like, a great player, but they just, like, combo off or whatever, mm-hmm. have, like, they're super strong cards and you don't or whatever, you, you can't do anything. Yep, exactly. You're like, well, okay, that was fun, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, there, there's so many times where, like, I'll, I'll be playing the Thunder Mirror and you know, you'll side in like, you know, three Gamma and three Lancia and, you know, three Ogre to stop their combo, hopefully. And you'll just look at your hand like, oh, I'm Johnny. And then they'll be like, some of the two guys be like, yeah, you got it. And like, so it's not, a lot of it is just like developed before, you know, before you even sit down. Like a lot of your plays and choices are, are going to be figured out. Um, and I think it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, practicing what you want to, you know, what you want to side deck, you know, what your plan is versus X deck, like, you know, like, you know, do you want to, like, focus on their back row, do you want to kill their monsters, et cetera, so on, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, definitely not, like, the power creep is definitely real, so, like, playing, like, you definitely want to be better than your opponent, obviously, but that definitely comes in with uh, how you build your deck, I think. Mm-hmm. So, when you when you side deck, do you already have, like, hard outs, like, I know I'm siding this card out versus mirror match, and I'm siding this card in. Like these Yeah, we... Yeah, definitely. Like when we play test, we'll try and find, you know, uh, it's not, we'll find out what cards we want to take out. We'll find out what we want to accomplish versus a deck. And then we'll, then we'll figure out what cards can go in accordingly. So like, for an example, um, the Thunder Dragon versus Orcus matchup in, uh, for Pasadena 2019, um, had them, so, you know, it'd be like symbol engraved ding with a top logic bomber. Um, and then the issue with that, was there's not really a good way to clear, um, you know, the Babel and force out their cards without, you know, you know, you don't want to just cosmic cycle on it because like that's the neg one. Um, you want a way, you know, because then and then you know if you have five cards, your danger good. We're so on. So, so um, okay, try not to get into the nitty gritty details, but like basically, we're like, okay, we need a card that outs Babel, keeps cards in your hand, and you know. Uh, puts presence on field and so we're like oh should all fusion does all that you know dragon pop able beast draws a card constructs on field and then when construct dies you add a, add a all fusion back to your hand you keep hand advantage for your dangers um so it's kind of like a like it's like a long thought process of like figuring out what the issues are 
and then figuring out what can actually um, address those issues, if yeah. anything. And sometimes, sometimes you, you know, you can't. Sometimes you're just like, okay, well, this is either unwinnable or you know, there's nothing we can do about it, so on. But usually, I think it's I think it's pretty pretty doable to to find an out. Gotcha. So that's is that kind of also like the so the way you like approached uh, deck building mm-hmm. is you kind of look for like you know something that you think has like a good combo then like and you know is like powerful and whatnot but then also mm-hmm. you look for like the problem solvers yeah like definitely solve that like you know potential issue or whatever in the deck exactly like so for example the at uh, uds vegas the one i got top four at i played dangerous thunder and i think i was one of the only people who was playing it at the time and then i played like alert of darkness and melody of awakening dragon and it definitely wasn't optimized because so then um you know the next couple weeks for atlanta we were like oh if Lancia is already really good versus this deck. We should probably just play stuff like Sekka's Light because the draw two is already pretty great. It doesn't lose to Lancia. Um, the you know melody is not really doing anything for you that it that is pretty great or anything. Um, so that was definitely something. Um, like you know, o- over time, it's more of like, what is this deck losing to after? So after like you have a rough build, you're like, okay, what is this losing to? What do I? And then well, what fixes it basically? So yeah, it, it's a lot of it's not as much of like you know figuring out oh what's the best way to do this combo. Like you know we don't need to add more redundant cards. So it's kind of like you know if this deck combos or if this deck you know goes like engage multi roll set three like you're winning anyway. It's what you do when that doesn't happen, um, and you know going going from there kind of like playing like to like worst case scenarios. Um, yeah, so definitely definitely more addressing problems rather than trying to like I, I feel like the old adage like if it ain't broke don't fix it is yeah. definitely applies to stuff like that so do you feel like you always have like a couple different like tech cards in there for like the you know the issues that may or like the problem cards that may come up i think so i mean so i i think um i'm, I'm trying to think back since so long some good events so uh one thing max so there's like a fun thing um in the Shadal mirror, which we were so uh, at Vegas last year, you know, Shadal's had gotten second. Carl had gotten second at the UDS the week before, um, so we we're like, Shadal, and Shadal's, you know, the deck just came out. So like, Shadal's probably be a pretty, pretty popular deck, and they were. Um, and so then I think it was Dirk uh, Wagner who was teaming with um, Max Reynolds and RJ, and so like Max is also part of those guys, so he like will like play test with us and we'll talk or whatever. Um, but he was like, yeah, if you have retaliating C in the mirror. When they activate El Shadal Fusion or Shadal Fusion going first, you just retaliate and see them. Uh, all this stuff gets banished. You normal any level force like Alistair, you know, Meltdown, Squamata, Dragon, whatever. And then you make Castell shuffle away their window and then you just kill them because they don't have anything and they got retaliating seed. So it was like, and then, you know, it's always, it's always, it's always like kind of something like that where I think there's, you definitely want to be ahead of the curve in terms of that. Like, so um, Jesse Deck at Nationals 2019 for the World's Qualifier. Um, we made striker with double or nothing because that was just like, you know, a crazy card that nobody else really knew about. And um, I think uh, Ryan, you and Marcus Kreese had like found it out and like told Jesse for the for the playoffs. So like, that was like the, the card that kind of elevated his deck from just being a regular striker deck. Like, you know, you mm-hmm. can just kill people out of nowhere double or nothing. Um, so I I can go on and on and list like examples for specific events, but it's definitely a thing where um playing the standard deck is not like it's like playing to to do well 
rather than playing to win. And mm. I think sometimes, like, you know, if you have these, like, crazy cards, you'll just destroy your opponent anyway. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Sounds, like, kind of similar to, like, what Hoban was also saying on the last podcast, where you're always, like, trying to stay one step ahead of what you mm-hmm, think exactly. you're going to play. And then you're going to be like, yeah, okay, well, let me exactly. a couple tech cards because I'm expecting a lot of this. Or mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, so, that's yeah, like uh, – um, before the UDS, I played Zombie Stein as my rank eight and Thunder. And then um, before Atlanta, we were like, oh, well, we should probably should play like Dark Matter Dragon Descend, you know, summon uh, a Morphage Goliath and, you know, lock down the extract because Zombie Stein doesn't really do much versus the mirror. And that's like definitely, if like, I, we were definitely expecting a lot of the mirror. And yeah, like we played the mirror round one, like their, their team was playing the old deck with Zombie Stein and then we we're playing Dark Matter. And it was like very good because they weren't prepared for it at all, obviously. Um, and we were like, this is, pretty much exactly why we played it for example um and then yeah and then you know it's kind of it also like kind of goes in circles you're like oh now everyone's playing dark matter next event like maybe do we want to play something else you know um but yeah but it is definitely like kind of like uh, cyclical stuff like that yeah mm-hmm. um how do you decide what deck to to play for an event like what what do you consider what variables do you take in consideration um i think so I think part of it is like I having to be that's a that's a good question. Um for example, sometimes you know, sometimes when a format is undefined, you kind of can look at what you sometimes you can, you know, if format's undefined, like for example, last year with Vegas, it was like kind of should all spiral, dino, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think since it wasn't really you know it wasn't a solved format you could play anything and you know build it towards what you expected from the other two decks or whatever um which is what we did with shadal like i hadn't really played with shadal that much like i was playing spiral before that but i wasn't really liking it um and i was like oh maybe shadal is good and, and, and it seemed like it was doing way better going second which was important um and then kind of went from there and it was like <clears throat> i definitely when we when we aren't settled on a deck or when the format changes we definitely mess around with all the stuff like mess around with striker draco striker orcus um thunder and then like a, we you know play salamander at some point so it definitely is a, a definitely trial and error based a little bit where you want to get um you just want to get a feel of the format and kind of see what you like and what like and sometimes you know you can tell if the deck's good like salamander you could tell it was not very good so it was like kind of discounted and you look at striker and thunder and you're like, okay, what is thunder offer that striker doesn't? And it's kind of like, um, I would rather be like aggressive with the deck like thunder rather than like playing defensive with striker. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, hope you striker where you accumulate resources and then, and then at some point you kill your opponent rather than thunder where you just kind of like attempt to push your opponent in as fast as possible or whatever. Um, and it's like kind of what, what place you want to be in. Um, and I, I think at the start, when when there's not a defined best deck again it, it definitely like preference is definitely a real thing um because if you know deck better you'll do you'll do better with it you know so yeah, for sure uh do you want to talk a little bit about like duelist academy and and what you guys for sure here? because uh it's i think it's a really cool thing that you guys are doing thank you um so yeah we started it um i guess in november of 2019 it's let me run through the roster it's uh, Jeff Jones, Bone Temnik, uh, Jesse Cotton, Sala, Watson, um, uh, <laughs> Raf, Raphael Nevin, 
um, Vladis Baranovskis, um, uh, Max Reynolds, Aaron Furman, Ryan Levine, Paulo, Goncalves Silva, and me. So I think it's 11. Um, and so we're all like the main coaches slash content creators. And uh, yeah, so it started off as initially just like a coaching service, you know, where like, for example, like League of Legends is a game where people will pay, you know, $75, $50 an hour to like get better at it. Um, so we're kind of like, if we have these credentials on like our team and like, you know, we're, we're all friends, like why, why not like attempt to, to, to make people better and like, you know, put out content and stuff like that. Um, and so it's like uh, wanting to definitely wanted that like help people is definitely a thing. Um, but people had also like been requesting it up to a point and they're like, oh, can, you know, I there's people just be like, I, I'd pay to watch videos of you guys, you know, talk about your deck for the next format or so on and so forth. So it was like kind of like logical decision. I think um, we branched out a lot more in the last year. Um, somehow uh, we had an uptick in uh, patrons over COVID. Like it was, it was very surprising. Um, and so we, you know, we do like, we do tournaments now, we do streaming a lot. We um, still do coaching, of course. And then we have like, you know, videos, whatever, weekly. Um, and I think it's, it is, it is really, cause I, I think it's definitely like probably the best single team of uh, players with accolades, like, like in a long time. Like, I think, I don't know, like at least like five or six people have like two ICS wins, which is just crazy, like like, like each. Um, so I think it's definitely like, there's definitely merit to that over, you know, over just being random people um, because, you know, not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not trying to brag, but like, it's definitely people who have like shaped the, what the format has looked like, like, and like for a long time, like, you know, Jeff and Bowden and Paulo all have been playing since like 2005 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's still people like um, Jesse, who's like gotten really good in the last like, like couple of years, for example. Um, I think we all have like kind of a niche um, and it helps that we're all friends that we, you know, can, can work together and like brainstorm ideas together. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of harder to come up with content idea when there's not events. Cause like, that was like, like supposed to be like kind of like bread and butter, you know, like yeah. turn reports, like what we're going to play for this event, you know, why so on and so forth. And so now that there's not that, it's kind of like, we've had to do some more like broad stuff, you know, like, um, like a lot of stuff would like to do like calculus like how positive prosperity makes you like mathematically what the odds are of making your deck better for example or you know prop there was a whole series on how to play test properly because i think a lot of people play test um to win not to learn which i think is a big thing um so yeah and like a small taste of like some of the content um that we do and then of course um i have to shout out our sponsor big city cards if you use the uh code dual academy you get eight percent off anyway um <laughs> yeah um so but yeah it's, it's it's a lot of content uh and then our discord server is like you know if you pay even a dollar a month you get in the discord which gives you free access to the tournaments um which sometimes are like pretty big like 32 people for like a random weekly locals um and I think, yeah, I think the server is also pretty, like, pretty, pretty talkative. Like, all the coaches talk on there, like, and there's probably a bunch of members. So I think, I think it is a good learning experience. Or, um, and it's definitely been a learning experience for us to, you know, improve it over, over the last year or so. Um, 
because it's it's pretty much brand new to all of us. But I, I I think it's I think it's going well for the most part. Yeah. So you guys are all a team outside of the Patreon, too. Um, so like some of us have our own you know own team like um Bowden and, and Max are on Java. Uh, Jesse's on like Jesse is all in Furman on Game Nation, for example. Um, but like, I guess it's more of like, um, I don't know, it's it's weird because it's not really like a team, you know, where in, in the sense of where we get like paid per top or whatever, or something like that, or like paid a combination. It's more of like at the end of a weekend, we could like put our heads together and be like, <clears throat> okay, how do, how do we feel like we did as like a thing? And like for 3v3s, like, you know, our, our team would be like Duel's Academy 1, Duel's Academy 2, whatever. Um, and stuff like that so I guess it was more of like I don't know I, I maybe not team in the traditional sense but definitely like a like a core group you yeah know? You know? yeah definitely like some sort of like collaborative friend group that, yeah exactly yeah um sweet yeah so I'll definitely have to link that um how many readers do you guys have or how many paid I, I don't even know uh, last time I checked last time I checked it was 280 people I think it might be a little bit more a little bit less now um and I guess, yeah, it, it, it's like pretty, been pretty steady. Um, also, like, yeah, our stream numbers are getting pretty good. Maybe like um, usually averaging around 100, 125 viewers a, a stream on Switch, which is, which is pretty cool. Ryan and Masala mostly handle that. But um, yeah, so it, it's it's definitely like a, a good group of people. And there's like a lot bunch of regulars in the server who are really nice. Like we have a bunch of really nice moderators and everything. Um, you know, there's like market watch, whatever. Um, yeah, it's cool. Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely link that. And there are different tiers so people can kind of like join in. And sure. Yeah. So there's um sorry there's a, there's a five dollar tier which is you know access to a weekly tournament which winner gets a box, uh second place gets like merch or whatever, um and then you get access to the Discord and everything. Ten I think twelve dollars a month gets you content, um which is access to all of our videos including like so it's like a backlog of over a year now probably like over a hundred videos, wow. um if I had to guess maybe close to like, I don't know seventy five to hundred videos um it's a bunch uh so then 25 dollars you get a deck doc actually sorry sorry 20 dollars you get a deck doctor where you know you email us a list and one of our deck doctors will write basically an essay telling you what they change why um so on and so forth mm -hmm. um and then past that is like the coaching tiers and it goes 50 dollars 75 dollars and 125 dollars um, and each $25 corresponds to an hour of coaching. Um, for $50, you get assigned to coach and you get two hours uh, in a month and you can do literally whatever you want in those two hours. Uh, $75, you get to choose who you want and then you get three hours and then $125, you get um, five hours and choose whoever you want. And it's all like, you know, it all, it all stacks. Like, so if you're part of the $75 tier, you get access to the content, you get access to tournaments and you get access to the... Um, Sometimes you get access to the deck doctors, but those are usually done like with your coach or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I think I think it's pretty good. Honestly, like I feel like we're charging too little on the deck doctors. So writing a three-page essay is a lot of work. Um, sometimes it's yeah, it's it's I've I've probably spent more time on that than that I've spent on a lot of things recently. But it it, it is it is rewarding when someone like messages you and they're like, oh, thank you for making my gravekeeper deck good. And you're like, no problem. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so that's like that's like a a, a breakdown of, of the service and, and yeah, every tier gets access to the tournaments, which is um pretty pretty free, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh do you have a may and we can go before COVID too, but do you have like a top five player list of who or uh, man. 
Um, you're friends with like 10 of the top players or whatever. So like, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to pass, yeah. you also go. So in no particular order, and I don't even know if this will be five. Um, probably, probably like, I think Jesse's probably, unfortunately, he's, he's a, he's a fool, but he's probably number one. Um, man, I don't know. Like, I think, I think, I think I'd probably put Billy in top five. Um, Bill? Billy Bragg. Yeah. Are you still? No, not, I guess. I, I, but, but are we talking all, all, all time or all oh, time or current? Let's go all time. That's actually better. Let's go all time. Okay. All time. So yeah, I think, I think Jesse is, yeah, unfortunately still probably number one all time. Uh, <laughs> and then in no order, I think Billy's really good. Um, I really, I, I, when I was starting to get into the game in like 2016, 2017, I really looked up a lot to Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he was like very informative and was very, very nice person and everything. I, 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 I respect him a lot. Um, I think if he still played, it'd be, it'd be cool. Um, but I definitely put him in top five. Um, he didn't rule out a comeback when I, when I interviewed him. He said, Oh, uh, really? Yeah, he said possibly. That 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 does that does make, that does uh that does make me make me feel better. That that that'd be cool. That like that that's like someone who like you know they haven't really played, and I feel like the game has changed a lot in the last three years. But I feel like if they did play, I'd be really interested to see like what their like decks would be like, um, yeah. and how they play and everything. Sure. Um, man, it's, it's tough to it's tough to pick more. Like, I think Bowden's really good. Bowden, I feel like Bowden's. Definitely top ten, if not top five. Paulo, Sam, Paulo's like crazy, you know, like three back back wins is like literally no one else has done that. Um Bowden also he's, ever, right? Yeah, yeah. Bowden, yeah. Bowden has been playing, I think, since like maybe two thousand five, maybe two thousand four. Yeah. Cause I used crazy. to see, like people used to talk like Bowden on Duelist Grounds, or like I'd see Bowden post yeah. like, who is this like Bowden? <laughs> like he was always just like this mystical yeah. figure in my head. Who was like dominating <laughs> Australia, and I was just like, "Oh, I want to go to Australia and play in their nationals because it's like it's just boating. Like I need to go there and figure out how I can like qualify for Australian nationals and like it's, no idea. Yeah. He would always go to Worlds or whatever. Like it's just so funny to actually see him, yeah. and know him now, and I'm like, there, he's 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 definitely one of my one of my best. It's really funny because he and I used to like hate each other on duels crowns, like like <laughs> made like death threats to each other, or like up to like 2016. It was really bad. Like. <laughs> I don't know, like, there, it was what? very animal. I don't, I don't know. I was like, I was like a stupid teenager. He was just mean. We were just very mean to each other back then. But now, now we're, now we're like best friends. So, so it's funny. But, um, uh, so he's. I feel like I feel like he and Paulo are definitely in uh, top five, top ten, if not top five. Um, man, I don't know. Like, I would have to look. I, I yeah. feel like I have to. I don't know. Definitely, definitely. I think definitely. Um, Billy, Jesse, and uh, Patrick. Top three, for for sure. Um, yeah, because I also feel like they they really change the way people look at the game. Mm-hmm. Each of each of them in their own in their own way, which is cool. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I know this is backtracking a little bit, but I forgot to ask my follow up question, which I thought would mm-hmm. be interesting. Um, we talked about like sometimes when the format isn't solved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you know you're trying to figure out what deck to play what do you prefer formats that are narrowed down to like one deck or do you like 
formats where there's more variety. Cause like, I always liked one deck formats. Cause that's when I felt like, you know, mm-hmm. you play somebody in the mirror match and it was like, you know, easier. So I might, I might go the opposite of you on that. I kind of really like when the, when the format is like pretty diverse and it's not, and not diverse for the sake of, you know, not one deck being better than the other, but like not diverse for the sake of people haven't figured it out yet. Um, like early Thunder formats when Thunder was like crazy, but people didn't really know, or Samagoki, or um, <clears throat> I still think Shadal was like the best deck for for the very last format in person. Um, and it's like, it wasn't like dominating in terms of like, uh, like rep- representation or anything, um, but it was just like objectively the best deck. I think that's like a really interesting spot because it, it means like there's it's not refined by any means. There's a lot you can improve on. And I think I think deck building is, is one of the aspects I really like about it. Mm-hmm. Um I just don't I love playing for sure, but like deck building and making making something like completely different or like changing it um is really fun. And just like, you know, coming up with kind of like weirder combos is really yeah, really, really rewarding. Um to me to me personally at least so so i i do like it when when it's not like um the end of a format basically I like, I, so i like yeah i like beginning of the format when it gets to like the end of it where it's like you know goki's the best deck and you're gonna play eight rounds but like nobody wants to do that it's just not fun for example yeah. like yeah i don't know so that that's yeah i'd probably say the beginning like where it's less less uh cut and dry that's fair um Cool. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if I have any more questions, but uh, is there anything you want to add or any shout outs you want to give? Um, shout out to Blazing Cards. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> shout out to uh, Big City Cards, for sure. That's our sponsor. Um, and I guess, yeah, just Duels Academy. And thanks mm-hmm. to everyone who's been supportive. Um, it's nice to uh and it's nice, nice talk talk to you first and foremost because it's, it's, it's been it's been a very long time yeah but, no thank you definitely. um other than that i don't know I, i'm i'm glad to see the game isn't isn't dead by any means with um with covid it's really because i was i was like kind of i think a lot of people were scared of that you know it'd be like oh nobody's gonna want to play anymore um so i'm, I'm glad like it, it seems like it's the opposite so I, I, that's that's really cool and i'm, I'm really yeah. glad that things are turning out and hopefully things will you know not not just in regards to, to you but like the world things will turn out all right in the next couple months a year or whatever yeah, um absolutely. yeah so, I'm, so I'm, I, I would say i'm optimistic and yeah. uh yeah about what's what's coming up i will say though ba- going just off what you said about how you mm-hmm. like you were afraid it was gonna die or something mm-hmm. the barrier of entry into playing the game i feel like is so high right now like yeah i, I was I, ha- I hosted like a dual night at, at like mm-hmm. our shop um just so i could kind of relearn the game mm-hmm. i had a headache after like 30 minutes and i actually have a lot of background into that uh-huh. game. and yeah. um one of our employees has never played the game before mm-hmm. and he was like this is way too complicated to start like yeah. way too much and i'm like i don't blame you because even me like loving the game and just and like you know having a lot of information about the game it was still like taking me a little while to like pick up and like reading so many cards and like trying to keep track of what card does what mm-hmm. so i feel like that's a little concerning for the future of the game because yeah i can't imagine a lot of new players will want to start such a complicated game when they could mm-hmm. like start a game like pokemon which has like you know kept its 
it's just like the uh it's mechanics pretty yeah it's pretty unchanged over the last like 10 years yeah whatever 10 years yeah 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 i think pop in whenever exactly and i think that's something a good one because like trying to teach someone whenever you know whenever one of my non-nugia friends will be like hey can you teach me how to play i'm like like i mean not really it's kind of i don't know so it's like you have a couple months (laughs) yeah 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 exactly it's like like there's just so many random rules and stuff and and you know some people like to you know like to me for example like i've been playing a while like i've been keeping up with the changes throughout but like you know for you stop playing in like 2013 like coming back i'm sure like you're like why like it's just weird like there's so many ridiculous and like also like i think one reason why um Yu-Gi-Oh is like more complicated than like um pokemon and magic gathering is like partly because there's so many introductions of new just like completely different rules um and like types whereas like in magic and pokemon you know it's like it's kind of like been a similar a similar group of like pool of cars like the whole time like they've gotten better for sure but you know they're not like just uh, i don't know like a bright purple magic card that says like you know draw your deck like so it's a lot it's definitely a lot weirder where um you have to know also like you have to know what all the old cards do and in addition all the new cards right like um because you know how many times has there been like some dumb combo that'll rely on like a 2002 yeah. spell card for for no reason i so, think about that yeah because exactly. like, if i came back i'd have some like random like <laughs> yeah I know these probably cards. Honestly, like pro- probably for sure um and so it's stuff like that like i'm so i definitely am uh admirable i no, I, I think players who do see have like pick it up recently look at it and like i want to stick with this like it's very admirable because i i it's it seems really daunting like looking at at it yeah i don't know it seems hard yeah i'm concerned i mean per i mean i don't know i guess the game's been growing or something mm-hmm. over the last couple of years but it seems concerning to me because the few people that i've had that like want to learn were just like i don't want to learn this after spending yeah for sure uh i i i haven't i don't i haven't really talked to many people um who have like just started playing but it definitely seems like very yeah that, that is a little concerning about about how high the entry barrier is just to understand how to play yeah um you know for sure that's definitely a good point and, and at least uh, magic and pokemon have different rotations and like different mm-hmm. formats so like you know if, if an old player wanted to come back because even like evan vargas who was where i just like i'm uploading the podcast now or just it's just mm-hmm. now was like yeah i tried getting back into it like a year or two and didn't know how to do it uh, or like it was just way yeah. too complicated. But at least if like they had other tournaments with you know like oh this is like the 2006 to through 2008 yeah. or whatever you know then people could come back and it'd still be fun. yeah for sure. Like I think I think speed duels was a good a good thing for that like mm-hmm. you know being a more simplified version. I think if they did more stuff with speed duels it could be really cool in that aspect of like drawing people towards it and then you know branch them to like the regular game. So that's definitely a thing. Um, so no, I, I definitely agree with you there. Where it's like, it's just it's like it's almost not even the same game it was like ten oh, years ago. Not like, at all. Yeah, not. Yeah. So even even like five years ago, like it's almost not even the same game. Um, yeah. Which is which is kind of fun because it keeps it fresh. But then like if you know if you're out of the loop for like a year or whatever, it's like uh, what do I what do I do? Like yeah. I was I had been out of the loop for like a couple of months this summer, and I was like, I I and I like started looking at the deck. I was like, wait, so wait. What 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 does this combo do? Why do I why do I look at my opponent's hand? I don't know. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take your word for it that it does this, but okay. 
Yeah, I mean, at least you're familiar with like quick effects and this effect and that. Yeah, effect. Yeah. Oh, rulings are like rulings are like super confusing to even really? yeah like even people who like play now like people like like so many people like who have been playing like myself included who have been playing for forever will like need to ask like an actual judge if there's like a ruling a lot of times because like it's just so complicated um but i think i also think that does make it more rewarding to play but to to an extent you know you don't want to scare people off yeah, I was gonna say, you have to be pretty damn intelligent, I feel like, to, to be good at the game. And I feel like that's always been the case. Like, the, the mm -hmm. you know, like, usually you're able to put in time and, like, commit to something and have a good work ethic. And, like, mm -hmm. you know, you're either intelligent or you're willing to work hard to, to learn things and, you know, have yeah, definitely. new skills. So, but I feel like it's more than ever at this point. I mean, from what I could gather from. Yeah, I definitely agree. Which is, I mean, it, it is what it is. Um and I think it's like a game that you can, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone's born like better than another person Yu-Gi-Oh, but like <laughs> it, it, practice and just like being able to think critically about it is definitely, definitely helpful. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, Hey, uh, I know I was supposed to end this uh, like 10 minutes ago and then I kind of went on a no, rant. We, we kind of no, got back into it, but uh, <laughs> thank you for, for coming on and um, for sure. yeah, it was, I, I really appreciate My having pleasure. you. Um, I think you, you know, you, um, or like very articulate and like have a great way of expressing like the ideas and, and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I was really, like, I learned a lot. It was really informational and, um, cool. uh, yeah. And, and thank, you know, we'd only met a couple times. So yeah, for, you know, kind of doing me the favor of coming on and it was great talking yeah, for sure. to you and, um, I look forward hope to seeing you at events and yeah, hope hope see it's not too long. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. So yeah, we'll have to stay in touch and, uh, yeah. you know, if you need anything, let me know, like, uh, whatever it is, anything I can yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Well, uh, take care and um, uh, we'll talk soon. Cool. Perfect. All right. Have a good night. You too.